All right, I'm going to let you set out tonight, okay? It's Psalm 65, it's 13 verses, and uh, we're going to divide it up into three sections. And so, uh, simply how to glorify God. Um, we sing a song, praise him, praise him, Jesus, <clears throat> our blessed redeemer. For our sins, he suffered, he bled, and he died. He is our hope of eternal salvation. There is no other name given among men, sent down from heaven, whereby people can be saved. So we begin tonight by reading um, Psalm 65, verses 1 through 4, and we'll look at that, and then we'll, we'll go to the other two uh, sections. <clears throat> Praise waiteth for thee, O God in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed, O thou that hearest prayer. Unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me as for our transgressions. Thou shalt purge them away. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to reproach unto thee that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. God will show up when his name is mentioned, when his name is glorified, uh, when his name is magnified. Uh, we don't need to forget the vows that we excuse me, have made to God, okay? Our vows that we made to God. Now, I recall and I remember and I want to continue to stick to it. My vows that I made to Lynn uh, near coming up on 50 years ago. I know those vows. I remember those vows and I want to do my best to keep those vows. Now, to go to my salvation, I don't remember a whole lot except this lady in vacation Bible school talked to me about Jesus, not that I didn't know the name, but it led me to pray a prayer, inviting the Lord into my heart, and then led me to be baptized. Now, uh, <clears throat> when I think about that, when I think about those vows, you know, I, I vowed to, to follow the Lord, even though I didn't all the time. And as I got older, I was, I'm reminded of those vows. Lord, I accept you as my Savior. I want to live for you. I want to do what you asked me to do. And it's a recommitment, okay? Every time we think about it, we need to think about the vows that we have made uh, to God. So first of all, as we look at the scripture here, <clears throat> we need to rely on the grace of God. Okay, rely on the grace of God. We sing the song, Amazing Grace. It is amazing to me how even in 2019, and you think back how many hundreds of years ago that Jesus died on the cross for us and it's still good. The story is still the same and it is amazing. Forgiveness, hey, we can go to God anytime we want to. That's what we teach our good news children. When can you go to God? They'll shout out anytime. 
and we lead them to believe in a true and a living God, a God that is alive and well. Um, you know, uh, the, these things are, are free gifts from God that he blesses us with. Uh, now, God doesn't always uh, give us an easy way. All right, you would think, well, you know, sometimes we lead people to believe if you just get saved, things would work out for you. Well, you know, they will, but it might not be easy. And when we think about that, you know, God's not going to put something on us that we can't handle. And he don't have to test us because he knows how we're going to perform. But it, the, 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 the trial or whatever's coming our way is for us. It's for us. Um, just like Sonia this morning sharing her journey through cancer. And many of you can share that journey that you went through through cancer and other hardships. And it's by the grace of God that we need to rely <clears throat> on the grace of God. Now, tough times leads us to trust in him, okay? If we got through one time, hey, the next time might be easier. And listen, God don't allow us to go through these things and then it be thrown away. Even in the tabernacle, the ashes were not thrown away. They were used. It was a symbol. And so nothing is lost uh, with God. And when we think about uh, relying on the grace of God, listen, it's, it's eternal salvation. Um, I think about the, the many people that God has allowed me to baptize. And you know, some... Uh, I don't like to use this word, but I don't think of anything else right now. Some made it and some didn't. Uh, you know, they got saved, they got baptized, and hey, they sticking in there with it. But others, they got saved, they get baptized, and well, they got what they needed and they're gone. But it doesn't mean they've lost their salvation. You know, it's, it's, it's that grace thing. And you and I are to encourage these kind of folk. Hey, please come back. We want you. Um, like our guest that was here this morning. Okay? We need to, to let them know by the grace of God, we want them. We care for them. And we want them to be a part of our uh, church family. So not only do we need to rely on the grace of God, but secondly, Brian, uh, to put that up, verses five through eight says, it says, by terrible things in righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation. He's going to answer. He's promised that. Who art the confidence and I underline the word confidence because, hey, I got all the confidence in the world in the Lord Jesus, who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of them that are afar off upon the sea, which by his strength settleth fast the mountains, being girded with power, which stilleth the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves and the tumult of the people. They also that dwell in the uttermost parts are afraid of thy tokens. 
Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and the evening to rejoice from east to west. You know, in my mind, I've been to the, to the beach enough. I know what it sounds like for waves to come in. And the noise that it makes is, is God making the noise through the waves. And it's amazing to me that, you know, the first time that I can recall going to the beach, how the tide comes in and the tide goes out. Yet there is no dam to keep the water in its place. God holds it where it is. I mean, uh, am I, help me out now here. I, it's been a long time. Three quarters of the earth, am I right, covered with water? Come on, hello. Thank you very much. Now you awake, we know what's going on. Three quarters of the earth is covered with water. What if God turned the waters loose like he did during the flood? You know, they, they had warnings. But it was by the grace of God that he allowed Noah to build this massive ark. And then everybody had an opportunity to come in. But they didn't all choose to. But those that went in, it was by the grace of God that they went in. So in verses 5 through 8, not only we need to rely on the grace of God, but secondly, we need to recognize the greatness of God. I mean, how great is our God? We sing that. How great is our God? My goodness, it, it, it's hard to explain how great of God that we have. He loves each and every one of us as individuals. I have no idea what I'll go through tomorrow, but God knows. All I got to do is rely on him to know that nothing is going to come into my life or happen to me tomorrow that God can't handle. But it's by his grace, you know, relying on it and recognizing, hey, it's not me. It's not me that's great. It's God that's great. And through you and me, he does great things. Great things he hath taught us. Great things he hath done because, simply because uh, he loves us. Many of us as Christians fail to recognize uh, the greatness of God. God is naturally omniscient. He knows everything. The Bible says he knows my thoughts before I even think them. He knows how I'm going to act in a bad situation. He knows. He knows how I'm going to react in a good situation. I love it when somebody says about a person, they're the same all the time. Whatever they stand for, they're the same all the time. It's naturally that God is omnipresent. He, he is everywhere. He has nowhere to go, so you can't go somewhere where he is not. The psalmist said, if I make my bed in heaven, he's there. If I make my bed in hell, he is there. He's everywhere. He's naturally omnipresent. Omnipotence also. My God can do anything. And I, I love what Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if anybody knew that, Paul did. 
When you think about all that he went through after he was saved. And probably the devil would remind him, Paul, you'd been better off. You'd have stayed like you were, persecuting Christians. But now, you see, you've turned a new leaf over. You've accepted Christ. You're following him. And the devil simply said, I'm going to make it hard on you. You're going to be sorry. But every, every book that he had anything to do with, he talked about people who had been uh, gracious to him wherever he went. They provided for him. And even in prison, they provided for him. And he was able to write letters from prison and to have them delivered. That's nothing short of the grace of God. He also supplies our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus and nobody else. A third thing, verses 9 through 13. Thou visitest the earth and waterest it. You know, last week when it was raining, that sounded so good. I mean, it sounded great to see the mud puddles. I bet you know you, some of our youngers, don't even know what a mud puddle is. I've heard it so many times. Don't get muddy. Turn them loose and let them get muddy. Mud puddles, you know. <laughs> thou waterest it, thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. It's just amazing to me to see the pastures. You know, they have went from two or three weeks ago, uh, uh, four weeks ago, brown and dying to this flourishing and green. Uh, I don't know where it's going to make it or not, but I got one tomato plant that's got two tomatoes on it. I mean, it's struggling, you know, and I don't want to pluck it up because I, if they can make it, you know, I hope they will make it. Um, did I get to verse 10? No, I didn't. Help me out, y'all. Where are you? Which is full of water. Okay. Thou preparest them corn. That's nutrients. That's nourishment. He says, thou preparest them corn. When thou hast so provided for it, thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the springing thereof. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness and thy paths drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness and the little hills rejoice on every side. Notice that, little hills, okay? The little hills even rejoice. And the Bible says if we don't praise the Lord and lift up his name, that the rocks will. These little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy and they also sing hallelujah. <laughs> what a savior that God has blessed us with. So not only do we need to rely on the grace of God and recognize the greatness of our God, but thirdly there, rejoice in the goodness of God. God is great. God is good. 
You know, that's a blessing that starts a blessing that many of our little children say. And our little Brantley, he, he's got a new blessing where he, he sings the blessing. And it don't matter if we're in a public restaurant or what is it, Brantley? You want to ask the blessing? Yes. And he just cuts loose. He don't worry about the volume. He just cuts loose and sings uh, the blessing. And he finished in this restaurant in Seneca. And, and we're sitting there eating. And a man walks over I've never laid eyes on. And he looked at Brantley. He said, son, I heard you asking the blessing a while ago. And I want to thank you for a good job. Of course, he was bashful. You know, he had a little head down. But, uh, you know, Hey, out of the mouth of babes, you're going to receive what God intends for us to receive. So don't hold our little children. You remember what Jesus said? Allow, suffer, he said. Allow the little children come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Rejoice in thy goodness of God. The little hills, uh, verse 12 says, even the little hills, they rejoice. The valleys are covered with corn. They shout. They sing. Listen, <clears throat> listen. <clears throat> failure to praise the Lord and rejoice in his goodness indicates a selfish life. A selfish life. I shouldn't worry about how he's going to bless me, but rejoice how he's blessing others. How he is blessing others. God forgives, he cleanses, he heals, he comforts, and he lifts the fallen out of the miry clay. And listen, God loves the unlovable. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What a savior. May we just simply glorify God in all that we do. Glorify. You know what that word is? Look at it. Glorify. Gracious. God's a gracious God. We need to glorify him because he's so gracious. He's also loving. He loved us before we loved him. In fact, Jesus died while I was yet a sinner. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind, and so were you. The letter O, our God is gracious over all, not barring anybody. He's gracious to all. He redeems from sin to life. And think about our God, he's so gracious he is instantly available. I mean, right now. I called this person this afternoon that I wanted to thank for doing such a wonderful job, not a member of our church. And it rang, I mean, it must have rang 10 times. I said, sure to goodness, it got an answer machine. It rang and it rang, finally a voice came on. It says, would you please punch in I forget the word it used. And anyhow, it was a code. I'm thinking, code? Well, you know what to push. <laughs> I'm on my little flip bone. I could have pushed anything, but I waited. I didn't do anything because I didn't know the secret code. And directly, it's something like, thank you. Hung up. I'm thankful that God don't say, would you please enter the 
secret code. <laughs> you know, Jesus is our secret code, if you want to say it that way. He is our code into heaven. Amen? He is there for us, instantly available. He's also forgiving. How many times the disciples said, Lord, how many times should I forgive that person for wronging me? <clears throat> seven times seven? He said, no, no. Seven times 70. I think that's 490 times. Who's going to keep up with that? What I think he meant was keep on forgiving. Keep on forgiving. And also he yearns to come and get us. Can you imagine Jesus in heaven preparing us a place, checking in with his father? Is it time? No. No. Only God the Father knows when Jesus is going to come back. So don't waste your money on books that says the return of Jesus. Here it is. Because the Bible says no man knows when Jesus is going to come back. Our thing is to glorify the Lord Jesus in all that we do. Praise his holy name for all the abundant supply of provisions that he provides for us every day. Father, I thank you for the evening. Thank you for Psalm 65, Lord. Thank you for all the word pictures that are in there of what you did then and we're reminded of what you're even doing today. Hundreds of years later, you're still doing it because you're God. Father, I pray that you'd bless our people tonight. Thank you for every home that is represented here tonight. Bless our people, keep them safe. Those that are on the prayer list, you know every need. And I pray that you'd meet those needs according to your riches and glory through your precious son, Jesus. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.